gentlemen and welcome to a special edition of the Holy Shoot Wrestling Challenge. For both our previous and new listeners, we have changed the format completely and instead of a weekly roundup, we thought we would become a weekly debate show. We will also still be doing interviews courtesy of our co-host Jason on a regular basis too. So, what is a Holy Shoot Wrestling Challenge I hear you ask? Basically, the Holy Shoot Wrestling Challenge is a new wrestling quiz show where the arguments, not the answers, win. Doesn't matter how bad your answer is, as long as the contestants argue their point well and destroy their opponents, then that is enough to win them the point. But, unlike previous episodes, this is a special edition, so usually we have a three count round and five normal rounds, but this time, it's a draft special. A fancy draft special. So, each person will have to... each person will have to have 10 picks. So there's 10 rounds this time round. Uh, they explain each pick for 30 seconds and then have 5 minutes debating why their pick is the best and why their opponent's pick sucks. Also, if the pick has already been selected, then they cannot select that same act. Also, one person equals one act. Uh, sorry, one act equals one pick. I really should clarify that. So anybody can select the new day and all of the new day off the board. Uh, also, if you select one like very gimmicky character like The Undertaker, nobody else can select The Undertaker. So you can't say, I'll have Deadman Undertaker, the other person can say American Badass Undertaker. Uh-uh, that ain't happening. At the event of the tie, we will also have an 11th round. The draft order will be a snake order and will be uh, decided by a very quick question to these guys that they're not aware of just yet. And also... It's not, it's not, it's not too evil. Also, here's a swerve that they don't know about. I will also be picking 10 picks throughout the course of uh, this evening. And the reason why is, just for laughs, I'm not actually competing. And because it's a pick, they're not allowed to have that pick. So- <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. And uh, so... I mean, you you two will take the order, but I'll say, ah, oh, you're not allowed this pick. So, is that clear, gentlemen? Crystal. Mary. Okay. Yep. Right. Introducing first, he is the undefeated, undisputed, Bedfordshire brawler from Bedford. He has a record of three and oh. Sam Layton! Oh yeah, the ace of the Holy Shoot Wrestling Challenge has returned. Here to lead the division into a new era of arguing. That is still more charismatic than the Seth Rollins promo. (laughs) I can do the laugh as well. (laughs) How's that? Does that make it better or worse? Uh, Becky Lynch is attracted. Turn off that phone! Someone's on the telephone. And introducing his opponent. He has really interrupted the podcast on the telephone. He mm-hmm. is from Sunderland, Tyden Weir, with a record of two and two. Iron Mike Remington. Boo. I'm back. He's rubbish. And again, I'm better than ever. Is that the best you can do? <laughs> Boo, he's rubbish. Booing is tiring. I'm saving my energy for these hot wrestling picks I'm about to do. You, you keep booing away over there. Yeah. So I 
I, I'm not sure if I want to exclude a pick after the second round. I'm going to let you have the first round off from my uh, crazy choice. Um, but, in order to determine who goes to go first, gentlemen, who was selected first overall in the original draft in 2002? Go. Uh, I don't fucking know. Triple H? Wrong. Sam. The The, the Rock. Uh, Correct. Was he even wrestling? Oh, nice! Yes! <laughs> I was like, <laughs> was Rock. he even wrestling then? The Rock was the first ever overall draft pick to SmackDown. Vince McMahon's SmackDown. So congratulations, Sam. Do you want to go first or second? Uh, I'll go first because then it gives me an advantage of being able to pick the thing I want. Uh, true, but it's in snake order, so Mike will get the third pick, you'll get the fourth pick, fifth pick, and then sixth pick. Oh so. yeah, of course, that's fine. Alright, no worries. Let me just get a spreadsheet up. I'm very prepared this evening, I I haven't just finished work, so... Sorry for this shitty it's, podcast you're about We're all to about technology here in Holy Shoot. Spreadsheets? Yep, Excel. Yeah, I've actually, I have a pad and paper... I'm showing everyone on the webcam, but obviously this is an audio podcast, so you can't see. I have a blank Word document. Well done, guys. Well done. Well done for, like, especially you, Sam, especially with the audio podcast thing. Anyway, let's commence (laughs) the draft. What is your first overall pick? 30 seconds to explain your reason, starting from now. So uh, I picked uh, kind of a theme for my wrestling show, which is that we can all agree uh, in the 90s, kind of early 2000s, there were some incredible matches. And a lot of those wrestlers were under the influence of illegal substances or alcohol at that time. So I am I am putting together a roster of working titles. You have 10 seconds remaining to make your pick. Wrestling show. So my first pick is the Hart Foundation, Jim Neidhart and the British Bulldog. Ooh, Mike, you have 30 seconds to explain your pick. I am putting together a roster of the best wrestlers ever, which I thought was the whole idea here. So my first pick is the showstopper, Shawn Michaels. Cool. And my pick would be Eddie Guerrero because I love him. So you can't have Eddie. Um, Brilliant. Um, So, fight. I mean, picking the best wrestlers ever is kind of a bit dull, isn't it? Like, there's, there's, yeah, fair enough. Shawn Michaels was good at wrestling, but you're not going to get any entertainment value out, out of that. Whereas my guys, Jim Neidhart and the British Bulldog, had some of the best matches of their career whilst absolutely blitzed out of their minds. So, you know, you, you turn up and see them, you might get one of the best tag team matches of all time. Whereas Shawn Michaels, not not delivering the goods you know i can't believe you're arguing sean michaels doesn't deliver the goods if anyone delivers the goods any more than sean michaels i'd like to meet him there is a reason he's called the headliner he you know he has done so many in innovative what's the word things in his life he's started the ladder match he started the hell in the cell match he has had 11 match of the years according to pwi he can be a heel, he can be face. He is the absolute best all-round wrestler. You've got two good wrestlers, but I've got one great wrestler. Uh, I have two of the best wrestlers of all time, uh, I think you'll find, and two of the most exciting and unpredictable. You're, predict- Whereas... You're saying Jim Nighthorse is one of the best wrestlers of all time? Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, he was. As part of the Heart Foundation, he is excellent. Made the, <laughs> Define the tag team division. 
was Shawn Michaels. You see that match he had with Hulk Hogan where he decided, oh, I'm, I'm not having a fun time anymore, so I'll just behave like an idiot. Jim Neidhart and the British Bulldogs stayed up for three days smoking crack and they still made it to every TV show they were booked on. That's something, you know. Shawn Michaels couldn't say as much. When he lost his smile, he was like, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Whereas my lads... They just got, you know, handful of painkillers back out there, back on it. I think Shawn Michaels has taken pills and smoked with the best of them. He had an absolute Hall of Fame career, had a career-ending injury that didn't end his career, and he came back and had another 10 years. He came back for what we thought was one match against Triple H. It turned out to be, you know, a, a run better than the first one. He gave us so many amazing memories, so many moments. Your guys... I mean, the Heart Foundation, Jim and Jim and the Bulldog. Is that what you're going for? Yeah, it is what I'm going for. I mean, that wasn't, even the, heart, that wasn't even the Heart Foundation. I mean, the Heart well, Foundation so, was Jim and Brett. Uh, so, I'd uh, like to correct you there. For someone who claims to be like a wrestling historian, you have made a, a fatal mistake there. The Heart Foundation has had many uh, iterations, and one of them was a stable that included Jim Neidhart, the British Bulldog, and Owen and Bret Hart. So they yes, but you specifically said... Bulldog and Jim, as if you know. So basically, yeah, what you've I done is not would... picked Brett when you could pick Brett according to your own logic. Well, no, because You're... Brett, no, because I have a themed show, Mike, the Drunken on Drugs Happy Fun Time Wrestling Show, and on that show, I can't have Brett Hart because he was not one really minute drunk or on drugs very often. So, and also, I would take the whole Hart Foundation as a stable, but I thought it would be unfair to pick four wrestlers as one act. I see. And, and, you know, four of the best of all time. Well, I think my wrestler, if he's put on the roster, we know he can be a great face. We know he can be a great heel. He can communicate with the audience. They love him. Men love him. Women love him. Children love him. He can do comedy. He can do serious. He can do all different match styles. He can go long match, short match. He can bring out the best in absolutely everyone. So my other nine picks, when they're resting him, will have the matches of their career. Yeah, you say that until he decides he doesn't want to anymore. Until you ask him to do the job. And then he's like, oh, no, I'm going to go and live in South America with Sonny instead. Or whatever. <laughs> he just fucks off when he when he feels like it, you know? Whereas Jim Neidhart and the British Whereas Jim and Bulldog, Bulldog were... never fucked off to WCW, did they? Well, I mean, that's still <laughs> that's still wrestling, isn't it? So there's <laughs> that. You know, you just have to give him more money. End of discussion. I will judge now. I have no idea why I went fully robotic, but I was just <laughs> trying to think. Engaged. I was just trying to think. Um, what could I do as a noise? And then I was just like, <laughs> <"Bah!"> <laughs> it'll do. Uh, I really should have used a fucking buzzer for this. Um, this one's pretty evident uh, to me. I think when you said Jim Neidhart was one of the best wrestlers. <laughs> It's not about the argument. It's about. It's not about. <laughs> no, the, it the argument. This wasn't the argument. That was the thing. That's why I pointed it out. I was like, okay, that's that's a bit too far. Um, you know, I really like Mike's point. So if Sean oh, could do drugs for the best of them. Yeah, actually. <laughs> wow. Do you want to know a fun fact that my second pick was going to be the Rockers, but obviously now I can't have them anymore. And it was up in the air about whether I should go with them or the Heart Foundation first. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Uh, Mike, you win the point. Congratulations. It's 1-0. Mike, you get to go first, starting from now. 30 seconds. 
my second pick also can have many different characters, do many different match types, and has done since Survivor Series 1990. It is The Undertaker. Ooh. Okay, Sam, you've got 30 seconds started from now. Okay, so going up against The Undertaker is the proto-Undertaker, Big Scary Evil Man. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, obviously very similar mystical gimmick, but and talking quietly in promos, but, you know, did it years in ahead. Brilliant. You can start fighting right now. Uh, FYI, actually, I take it back. My pick would be Chris Jericho. So, now you can fight. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I'm not going to try and argue that The Undertaker is a bad wrestler or whatever. I'm just going to say that I think in terms of the impact uh, that they had on the wrestling industry and the, the roles that they could play, I think Jake the Snake is a better pick. Uh, he's an, an old school wrestler. He like, I guess similarly to Taker, he knows that you don't have to do a lot in the ring to get a reaction. But I think he has always been able to convey the slimy, evil character much better than than Taker would. At the beginning of his career, Taker needed Paul Bearer to to kind of put him over like that. Whereas Jake the Snake always stood alone, apart from his snake, I suppose. Sam, I feel like you've been smoking with your fantasy roster picks if you've just said that Jake the Snake Roberts had more of an impact on wrestling than The Undertaker. Not only is he possibly the most impactful wrestler of all time, he's certainly the most revered. And to get to that level from your peers and from your other wrestlers and even from Vince himself, that shows the impact that he's had. I would remind I mean, you that The Undertaker did actually beat Jake the Snake Roberts if you want to go down to stats and Undertaker went on to have a lot more successful career than Jake ever did. Jake might have had the mind, but Undertaker has the look, he has the skills, he has the promos, he has everything in there. I mean, uh, fair, but I think The Undertaker was cribbing quite heavily from Jake the Snake's playbook. Like, it wouldn't be unfair to say, if Jake the Snake hadn't pioneered the quiet, calm, evil promo, then The Undertaker wouldn't be the guy he is today you know you you are the a, a product of your surroundings and when the undertaker was coming up he was surrounded by guys like jake roberts i i, I really fail to see a correlation between jake's promo type and undertaker's promo type but just just think of what they've actually done for the business jake jake was he, he never really reached his potential he had the demons which is why you're picking him yeah, it's quite funny that I'm using demons against Undertaker here, but Undertaker has been part of so many great stories, so many great matches. The whole WrestleMania streak—I mean, that—that that was something that went on over over 20 WrestleManias. What was Jake Roberts's WrestleMania, which is the pinnacle of wrestling? What was his record in that? So One and I, two? I mean, Mike, you know, wrestling isn't real, right? So while it is a bit cliche to say. <laughs> It's well, predetermined. It, sorry. Yeah, sorry. You know wrestling is predetermined. So while, while you know, he may not have had the best win-loss record, that doesn't make you a good or a bad wrestler, I don't think. And actually, if you can remain as, like, a, 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 as a heel, someone who people turn up to still see get their ass kicked without winning a lot, then that means you're really no. fucking good at your job. I, I think it? the better the wrestler you are, the better your win-loss record will be as a byproduct of that. The fact is, Jake never main evented any pay-per-view. He never main evented really any TV show. He was mid-card talent at best, often used for putting over up-and-coming stars. One minute. I think he definitely did main event a lot of old pay-per-views, but I obviously don't have the encyclopedic WWE knowledge to quote 
time time I'll, I'll happily tell you that Jake never did main event yeah. <laughs> there is no um encyclopedia that will tell you that he did you, you you may have him as part of a five on five survivor series final match um back in the late 80s would be the closest you get and i don't even recall that what was that the the thing where he made the snake bite macho man on the arm wasn't that yes, the end that, of a show that was a saturday night main event yeah that's still a main event isn't it but you don't need to main event to be a good a good pick um, I, I think comparing the two i mean if you just think of you can you can quickly list off that we had ten great Undertaker matches the the ones against Shawn Michaels the hell the you know my number one pick think yeah, of the chemistry but, that my guy has with my, yeah, the number one pick yeah but Mike when you turn up you might get the Snake Eyes promo or you might get one of the best promos you've ever heard and <laughs> Jake the Snake is a good <laughs> oh wait there might be another minute shit I got that wrong continue. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So to to expand on the point I had to make in a very small amount of time, when you turn up uh, to hit to a, a Jake the Snake show on my Drunken on Drugs Happy Fun Time Wrestling Hour, you might get the best promo you ever heard. You know the one he did about when the when the snake was biting Macho Man. He didn't care about Macho Man's eyes. He was just looking into Miss Elizabeth's eyes. That promo. That's fire, right? Whereas you might also get that one where he's like, if you want to play 21, I got 22. If you want to play yeah, sneakers, my, my I got guy two can do two. multiple promos. He's been multiple different characters. He's been the Demon Undertaker. He's been the American badass. But with Undertaker, you know, even the entrance, his entrance gains as much excitement sometimes as the matches. Mike. And when the entrance does that, when the crowd pops, when they hear one syllable dong, you know you've got something special. Uh, okay this time this time stop 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 i really like both picks um i i I love jake roberts he's one of my favorite old school guys who doesn't love the undertaker apart from i don't know who doesn't love the undertaker so this is actually a really tough decision for me i really like your argument sam about being a product of your own surroundings and he was a huge influence to the undertaker in my opinion uh in the early part of his wwf career however i think mike just always had a great counterpoint uh the lack of main events uh the undertaker being a bigger star over a longer period of time i have to go with the undertaker uh, opinion there. It, it was just very good counter arguments from Mike. So yeah, I, I think Mike... that's fair enough. I'm never going to win in an argument against the Undertaker because you, you, there's so many. Like he is a legend, you know. Yeah, but is he as big as legend Jake Roberts? You know, you should have argued better. See, if you'd had Jim Neidhart <laughs> at that point, I would have struggled. <laughs> <laughs> so Brit- British Bulldog Jim Neidhart, Shawn Michaels, Eddie Guerrero, Jake Roberts, the Undertaker, Chris Jericho is off the board Sam you get to go first in round number three starting from three two one go my pick for round three is uh, a, a wrestling legend both in the amateur and the professional scene he won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck it's Kurt Angle but specifically while we do get all of their acts I'm having the Kurt Angle from TNA when he was all on pain pills and cocaine and doing moonsaults. That's the Kurt Angle I won. Essentially, Kurt Angle is off the board. It doesn't matter about gimmicks. Okay, Mike, go. That's a very strong pick with an Olympic gold medalist, but Austin316 says, I just whipped your candy ass. Well, wow. Steve Austin, in case Sam didn't get that. I, I did. I did. <laughs> okay. Uh, I am going for... 
Who should I go for? I haven't thought this one out. I am gonna go... I am gonna go... You know what? I never thought I'd say this guy, but this guy's coming to my head. Sting. I like Sting. I'm gonna have him in the third round. <laughs> I don't know why. Just Sting. Anyway, you've got five minutes to fight starting from... Now. I really want to go first, just to remind you all that... While Steve had the massive feud with Vince and the anti-boss character and the comedy that he did and the great matches and the matches against Shawn Michaels and against The Undertaker and against The Rock, I, I just think we all forget what an amazingly good wrestler Steve Austin was. He, he, the matches he had at King of the Ring 96 against Shawn Michaels, you see the speed that they are moving at. Nobody really gives him credit for what an amazing wrestler he was before all of the rest of the things. And I was listening to um, Bruce Pritchard's podcast today. That Austin 316 t-shirt sold over $5 million at $20. How much did he change the industry just with one t-shirt? He is possibly the biggest changing the industry guy in a short time in the history of wrestling. I mean, yeah, but like... That's a dull pick. You're not going to get a cool theme show out of Steve Austin. He never had any problems with drugs or alcohol. And I, I don't know what, what matches you were watching. Did you just say that Steve Austin never had alcohol any problems with alcohol? Problem. Have you, do you watch him drinking in the ring, Mike? He doesn't know how to pour the beer into his mouth. He drinks beer That's like his problem. He eats cookies. Like, it just all falls out. I've watched him live do it. I think you're he harping too to much it. on it's, trying to find people who have substance abuse problems here and forgetting what we're trying to do. We're trying to pick the best ten wrestlers that make up a roster and you're yeah. trying to make them all have an orgy. No, I'm picking ten wrestlers who would either deliver the greatest hour or worst but most entertaining hour of wrestling you've ever seen. That's the theme of well, my talk, picks. Talk, talk about and fantasy so, booking. I must try and do this uh, uh, for our watch wrestling group. Say, hey, here's a wrestling event that might be shit or might be good. <laughs> Take your pick. No, no, it will be good. It's just there's two different ways it could be good. Gentlemen, that's, that's gentlemen, 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 I'm going to interject. Can you please actually stick to promoting the wrestling and i'm not really too fussed about addictions and stuff let's actually stick to the wrestling thanks you got two and a half minutes yep, and as soon as you stick to the wrestling like i said he was an amazing wrestler he had amazing matches he came back like Shawn michaels from a career-ending injury to have some of the better matches of his career the trilogy against the rock in wrestlemania main events you know wrestlemania 17 universally almost laundered as the best pay-per-view of all time strictly because of that main event so i what i would say in response to that is uh that a lot of what you said there could also be said about kurt angle he also came back from a career-ending injury potentially multiple times uh in order to have some of the best matches of his life i would also go on to say that a face is nothing without a good heel to play off and so while Steve Austin did undeniably have Vince McMahon, a lot of what got him started was his feud with Kurt Angle, the milk truck, that kind of thing. And Kurt Angle had to be there to, for him to deliver that. Also, going back to your point about him being a good wrestler, I know what Steve Austin matches you've been watching, mate, because in mine, he punches people a lot. He does a Luthers press, then he hits the stunner and that's the end of the match. He's hardly a technician, like... Can I just give you a quick list of Brian Pillman, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, The Rock, all people he'd had main runs with before he got in the ring with Kurt Angle. And you're saying he didn't get going until he met Kurt Angle. I think no. that's... that's I, a, <laughs> we can rewind. 
you're, you're taking words out of my mouth there. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the is, words and repeating them to you word for word. He didn't I, get going till he met Kurt Angle in no, the ring. That's, that's not what I said. Statement. No. I, uh, what I said was that he also had Kurt Angle as a good heel to play off. That's not what you said in the slightest, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you change it. You know, before Kurt Angle even came in the ring, Steve Austin had a Hall of Fame career and he continued it with Kurt Angle and continued past Kurt Angle. One he minute. Of, he did some great work with Kurt Angle, the, the singing and the, the cowboy hat and stuff, but Kurt Angle got a hell of a lot by rubbing shoulders with Steve Austin, not the other way around. I mean... I don't know if that's necessarily true. You know, Steve Austin was in the ring with a gold Olympic uh, Olympic medal winning hero, amateur wrestling legend. There's stuff to be said. You know, that that that's hard to hard to do. And anyone who was in a match with Kurt Angle was elevated by the fact that he was such a decorated actual athlete. Nah, I, I definitely think it's the other way around. I think Kurt getting to work with Steve elevated him. I don't think anyone could really argue it the other way around. I mean, we're we're not also. I mean, we're not just talking about Kurt's work with Steve Austin either. He's been in excellent feuds with Edge as well, Degeneration X, Shawn Michaels. He's had great matches with. You know, he, he's and, incredibly versatile. Still gets a massive pop now. And Steve out. Austin I, did stun a Trump just to get a few bonus points. End of the round. Okay. Uh, so, personal preference would have been Kurt Angle for me. Just on the answer alone. However, this show is not about answers, it's about arguments. And I really feel, Sam, that you've missed a hell of an opportunity here. And say, you know, Steve really didn't get going until Kurt Angle to limit the basis of his matches when it's quite clear that he was a technician, like pre-broken neck. And I think you missed a lot of good opportunities to really a elevate angle and b take you know steve austin down a level i can't believe i'm saying that it's hard steve austin yeah i know steve austin but kurt angle is a better wrestler and you know i and and you and you're facing a guy who wants to load it with like the 10 best wrestlers kurt angle has got to be one of the 10 (laughs) best wrestlers and you completely missed that opportunity sam mike owned you in that round so, Mike, congratulations, you're 3-0 up. Woo! Oh, you're not Rick Flair. Oh, I really wish I picked Rick Flair. <laughs> I really... That would have <laughs> fucked you bad. Oh, uh, shit. No, the worst part is you gave me that idea and now you're taking it away from me. <laughs> so, Mike, who are you going to pick for the opening of the fourth round? Wait, Wait what? Oh no, I thought I, I thought he went first last time. No, no right, you I went did. first. Yeah, yeah, I did. Fair and you enough. wasted on Kurt Angle over Steve Austin. I mean, Jesus Christ! All right. Listen, I've got a theme to my list. It's not Sam, just picking Sam, good Sam, Sam, I love the fact that you have a theme, but you know, let's get going. Fourth round, Mike, please start. Okay, so my next pick is one of the biggest wrestlers of all time. He was wrestling in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. Possibly went (laughs) a a little bit too long, but I'm focused on his prime here. One of the most charismatic, one of the most recognisable wrestlers ever. I am going with, not Ric Flair, I'm going with Hulk Hogan. Whoa, Hulk Hogan. Ooh, controversy. 
I love a bit of controversy just as much as Sam does. Sam, what's your It's me pick? next. So I am going to go with the styling, profiling, <laughs> down low riding, airplane, <laughs> nudity boy, the nature boy. Rickolas Buddy Rogers. <laughs> Rickolas. Yeah, I wanted to extend his name, but I'd already started saying Rick, and I couldn't, couldn't think of how to make it longer, so I went with, with Rickolas. Um, yeah, obviously, it's got to be him. Who? He's the, the ultimate wrestling party boy. How could I not have him on this show? Uh, okay, and I am going to pick someone of the older era, Randy Savage. So Randy Savage is off the board, gentlemen. So if you had Randy Savage, tough titties. Anyway, you have five minutes to fight, starting from now. I mean, Mike, you've picked a terrible racist to be on your on your. uh, uh, Straight for the race card. (laughs) Straight for the race card. Not only is is Hulk Hogan a terrible racist and a homophobe. Yeah, I said it. But he's also terrible at wrestling. His finishing move was a fucking leg drop. Like. It, I've never seen a match, a Hogan match, where I thought, God, blimey, that was exciting. That really stood the test of time, didn't it? Just think, here's a big, roided-up, blonde, action figure man uh, yelling and catawalling about the ring and then ultimately just falling over on someone in quite a lame I'm way. I'm getting the feeling you're not the biggest Hulk fan. But, look, Ric Flair, while he was having his career in the second or third tier hulk hogan main evented wrestlemania 1 wrestlemania 2 wrestlemania 3 wrestlemania 5 wrestlemania 6 wrestlemania 7 wrestlemania 8 wrestlemania 9 are you gonna sit here that hulk hogan is the reason that we are sitting here having this podcast we can always point to one person who may have had the biggest impact on wrestling he has something amazing and i've just listed all of these wrestlemanias he then went away and turned heel and changed the face of the wrestling business again. Your guy, it's Ric Flair. He's always been Ric Flair. And to say Hulk Hogan has the same match time and time again, Ric Flair also had the same match time and time again. Except Hulk Hogan was doing it and doing better with it, making more money from it, making more fans for it. He is why we are here. Ric Flair. Mm, don't think Actually, so. mine was JBL. Oh. Oh. Oh, <laughs> There's uh... another pick. All, all Hulk Hogan really proved, Mike, is that if you can politic well enough in any business, then you can get to the top, even if you're dog shit at what you do. Like, that he only got to the top through being a massive shitbag. It's well documented that he was manipulative. He went out of his way to put people down. He never did the job. Hulk Hogan kicks out at 3.2, brother. Like, if he had to lie down, he would make you look weak by kicking out immediately. The three count went down. Well, yeah, he was a big superstar. Wrestling, again, like, you manufacture the stars. He just happened to be roided out enough to get to the top. The other thing he brought to the game was how to get other people to take the fall for your steroid use, which he perfected. Whereas Ric Flair defined what it means to be a heel draw. He defined what it meant travelling around the country as the NWA champion to have people want to turn up to wrestling shows because they hate you so much. But not so much, like making them hate him, not enough 
that he would drive people away because they didn't want to see him. People actively came because they disliked him. Yeah, and he always it... he always won, but he always made it look like the I, guy I, he was fighting was I the best in the world. I think that's a great point. I think a lot of people did go to a show because they hated Ric Flair, but I think a lot of people even more went to a show because they loved Hulk Hogan. I mean, yeah... Hulk, well, if you're going to argue size of shows, then yes, WrestleMania definitely is the largest, a larger one-off show than a lot of the shows Ric Flair was on. But in terms of like making the towns, doing the job, being being what what it really means to be a wrestler on the road, Ric Flair embodied that. And then to go on to have a huge career on in in kind of what you might now consider the mainstream of the WWE, and to still be relevant all this time later in 2019, nobody wants to see Hulk Hogan anymore. But when you say still be relevant, we're, we're two weeks away from Team Hogan versus Team Flair, so they're on exactly the same level of relevancy. I just think if, if you were to show a non-wrestling fan a picture of the both and say, can you name these people, Hulk Hogan would be the one that they name because, yeah, because he had the bigger impact. Because he's a breakfast cereal cartoon character <laughs> with like horrible, <laughs> a horrible blonde man That's who a woman. looks like someone took, took a beefsteak and then wrapped oh, it they're... around loads of dull hair. <laughs> It's gross. <laughs> he, he he looked amazing. He gave amazing moments. He gave amazing memories. Whereas, unfortunately, Ric Flair might have had so many great matches, but hardly anyone saw them. And I think right now, if we were to say what the best thing Ric Flair gave us, her name is Charlotte. Uh, you can't. on In all honesty, you can't say that. Really? I think, I, I think I'm talking from a typical wrestling fan. If you say, tell me something about Ric Flair, they'd say Charlotte. If you say, I mean, tell me something about Hulk Hogan, they'd say WrestleMania or yeah, Leg Drop. It's or not the best thing brother. that he ever did. Or Brooke Hogan, yeah, that industry legend. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just don't see it. And I don't think a wrestling company in 2019 needs Hulk Hogan on the roster. I think Hulk Hogan is an amazing addition to a roster just because of the eyes he brings yeah, to it. And then everyone else who's doing amazing gets gets those eyes on him. Just by being in the ring. brother! See what I did there? Yeah, you can. It's the end of the round. Oh, okay. Shut up, Sam. I'm talking now. I couldn't tell because you keep interjecting anyway while we're arguing. So I wasn't sure if that was just another one. True. I just want. I just really want to get involved. I mean, Mike, you missed a great opportunity to um, bring up Ric Flair's dodgy past. You know, Sam laid down the race car, the racism card, and uh, the homophobic card. But you know. Ric Flair had his uh, domestic uh, problems, to say the least. Um, so you could have brought that. Um, you know, comparing the two wrestling what rise, I mean, come on, Ric Flair's better. And I, th- I think to say Charlotte was the thing, the, the thing that Ric Flair's most notable for when quite clearly, you know, he, I mean, he's referenced in rap songs today. I mean, that's how much of a legend he is. Um... You're all right about WrestleMania, though. And this, this is what makes it tough, because, Mike, your argument was strong, but I felt I felt Sam came out of the gates more. I felt Sam countered more against Hulk Hogan. I don't think... I mean, here, here's the other thing as well, Mike. You're saying 10 best wrestlers is yours, just like Sam is definitely putting 10 people with issues. <laughs> I'm not sure why. Um... <laughs> But he's talking 10 best wrestlers, and you didn't really defend Hulk Hogan as a wrestler. So for me, I have to give the point to Sam here in the fourth round. So you're still leading, Mike. You're still leading three points to one. So let's kick off with the fifth round. 
Sam, you get to go first. Oh yeah, it's me. So just quickly, I'd like to point out that all of the people I've picked all recovered from their terrible addictions. I've actually been quite careful not to pick people who uh, unfortunately died as a result of them. So you know, I'm being, I'm being relatively respectful maybe not completely mm. um so for my pick now uh, i have gone with uh, an attitude era legend on into the present day he's the chairman of nxt and a man such a man You've got a few seconds I've left gone with william regal legendary heel and okay uh, yeah. mike it's your turn okay so to join sam's theme my pick actually does have an addiction of his own and my guy is addicted to pie because he is the jabroni beating, pie eating, high flying, electrifying, eyebrow dropping, spine popping, eyebrow raising, people's champ, the rock. You know what? It was quite funny. I was nearly going to set the rock last round, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to go for an old school vibe. So, you know, great minds think alike, Mike. However, mm. mine, my pick has an addiction too an addiction to competition. CM Punk is off the board. So, William Regal versus The Rock. This is going to be definitely an interesting one, to say the least. Let's start fighting now. So back to my theme of being great wrestlers. If you look at some of the matches he had and the way that he improved early on, you saw Rocky Maivia coming at Survivor Series as the all-smiley, wanted everyone to love him, you know, could wrestle basically but couldn't do anything, and the people hated him. And he could have just given up at that point, but instead he embraced that. The people want to hate him, he would become the people's champion such a metamorphosis on the back of hatred has never been seen and he went from being just a mediocre mid-carder to one of the biggest stars of all time yeah with two of the worst finishing moves of all time as well the rock bottom aka i'll take a back bump and the people's elbow aka i'll run against the ropes to build up momentum and then stop and do a little dance because that'll make the move hurt and, and wh- what do you think what do you think of william regal's finishing move um, I think it's great. It's a submission hold. Yeah, what's, it, what's it called? I can't quite remember. It's called Fuck Off, Mike. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, very, very, very I'm memorable. Not, I, I not... can see kids all over the world doing that so... in their in their break time. Let, let's go to play. So, right, I mean, you lie my... down and I'll hit the fuck off, Mike. I, d- I don't think teachers would love that very much. My pick was not. Ne- it's not just about in ring ability, though, is it? It's about playing a character and bringing something to the business. Yes, under which my guy does better than anyone who's NXT ever stepped has in become a global brand. They're not developmental anymore. They are the third brand in the WWE and he could bring that kind of management knowledge to the Drunken on Drugs Happy Fun Time Wrestling Show. (laughs) Not only that, but he is one of the greatest heels of all time. People would spit blood when he came out. They hated him so much. And yet, on top of that, well, yeah, I can't name individual finishing moves. He's from a catch-as-catch-can British background, so he's all about fast-paced reversals and and submission holds, proper old-school wrestling out of the pit in Blackpool. You know, the, the matches he had with the likes of Fit Finley were clinics for the British wrestling scene, and he can bring that to uh, Drunken on Drugs Happy Fun Time Wrestling Show. <laughs> Look, you, you say that he was so hated that the fans would spit blood. At, at one point, The Rock became so hated that the wrestlers would spit blood. I just asked Mick Foley what his 
reaction to um, Rock being a heel was. He was absolutely die, Rocky die. Was chanted by twenty to thirty thousand people every night, and I, I don't remember ever hearing die, Regal die or anything. I heard a, you know a polite boo from the from the Sheffield crowd before his you know fourteenth match with Fit Finley, which you know you, you you say that they were great matches. Can you remember them? Yeah, I can. I couldn't tell you which show it was on, but I've definitely watched it multiple <laughs> it, it, times. It, it was on. It was on Watch Wrestling, which was on ITV a long time ago. Um, uh, no, no, he had a match. It was a, like a showcase match they did in the WWF as well, but I can't remember which pay per view it was. It's a, an old one. It was, admittedly, it wasn't a WrestleMania or one of the big four. It was, it was Great American show. Bash 2006. Yeah, there you go. Wow. Um, I remember is, that. Yeah, yeah. It's an incredible match. Thank you very, thank you very much, Broad. Mm. But I mean, also in interviews, William Regal tells stories about how when he was wrestling in Blackpool, an old lady tried to stab him. I don't think The Rock ever ever got anyone to hate him enough that he would commit an act of murder. So that's pretty big. <laughs> I, th- I think when Regal was in his prime, it was a different day and age, and stabbing wrestlers was part of the thing. I'm not sure that was specific to Regal. But come on, are, are we really having this argument? The Rock, the things he can. Do the, the you put a microphone in his hand, he has the crowd in the palm of his hand for, you know, five, ten, fifteen minutes. He's been part of some of the greatest feuds, some of the greatest storylines. What 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 has Regal ever done in the mainstream you know, we we're trying to sell tickets here. Who are the kids gonna buy tickets for? Who are the adults gonna buy tickets for? So I think if you ask anyone who left wrestling after the Attitude Era to One name minute. a few big stars. They would come out with The Rock. They would come out with people like Steve Austin. They would come out with The Undertaker and Kane. But they'd also say William Regal. He's uh, he's actually, I think, an incredibly well-remembered character because people fucking hated him. Uh, because he was unbearable. What are you going to see when the power of the punch run wild on thee? Like, <laughs> top stuff, man. <laughs> he's a great promo as well. Yeah, The Rock was a legend, undeniably, but he doesn't fit with the theme of the show. He was a legend, and, you know, you, you think about the matches with Triple H, Taker, Jericho, Hogan, Cena. Which matches really stand out in WWE for Regal? Uh, we've been over this. His matches with Fit Finley. His Plus, matches? <laughs> <laughs> it's not just about, uh, you know, having It's about we're trying to build a roster matches. that will be great, not build Burr! a roster that used to be. I, I, I'm sorry for your ears, ladies and gentlemen, but I really wanted to get super involved. I think I might have pissed off the neighbours. Anyway, I'll get over it. Uh, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Um, bloody hell, what a rubbish round from both of you, if I'm honest. Like, Mike, you really should have trounced him. You really should have done. But then again, you did have the killer blow right from the very off. Like, it was a knockout punch. It was just like... Okay, name a submission hold, and uh, I can tell you this: I don't know the answer, but it's most certainly not called "fuck off, Mike." Um, I, I think if you go I back, think it's and the look, regal I think you'll find that it is. Yeah, actually, I've heard of the regal. Didn't he stretch. also? He had a punch finisher as well, didn't he? Power, yeah, the pa- power of the punch. <laughs> That's yeah, it. brass knuckles, and he also had the running knee thing. I do remember that Finley match. It wasn't excellent. Uh, it was good. But it was so I think that one at two. Th- I think that he actually had. I think they had an earlier match. One of his early, early, early matches is the one I'm thinking of. It was on like a late '90s pay per view. I'll look it up. Oh, Finley was in W. Mm-hmm. I thought he was in WCW. Yeah, it might be a WCW. Came to it w- might w- be a WCW. Match. Anyway, anyway. Um. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I think Mike argued for the Rock better. 
Um, so, 4 I mean, yeah. 1. I was arguing one. against the fucking rock, like. <laughs> I well, definitely you, not you, doing this on easy mode. You, you, you know. I, I don't even know where to begin, Sam. This is the biggest <laughs> collapse since last week. Um, it's about, I meant being entertaining. It's about being entertaining. That's not the point of the show. I mean, if it was, you'd probably be 5 nil up right now. No offence, Mike. But, uh, <laughs> but unfortunately... I'm trying to be nice to Sam. I don't want to upset him too much. Mate, you should just violate him at this point. Okay, um, <laughs> second half, I will violate Sam. And, speaking and not in second, a good way. Oh, dear. This show's going off the rails. Right, sixth round. Mike, you get to go first. Start the round now. Okay, so going back in time a bit, um, I think that the question here was, what is the best 10 wrestlers that we can draft into a new promotion? But the thing with this is, just when we think we've got the answers, Rod seems to change the questions, and that's why I'm going with Roddy Piper. Okay, Roddy Piper and Sam. Uh, so I'm going to go with... Uh, I actually have to change my answer now, so... Uh, oh, let's sh- go with Scott Hall. Scott Hall. <laughs> I like Scott Hall, so, you know. I like Roddy Piper too. This is difficult. Um, I am going to go for someone a uh, bit more modern. A bit more elite, should we say. I'm going to go for Kenny Omega. So, Kenny Omega's that's, off the board. That's fine by me. Kenny Omega's straight edge. So am I. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> that's a weird way to announce it. Uh, anyway, um, fight. Uh, I mean, wait, you had Rowdy Roddy Piper. I did. The, the ultimate mid carder. Whereas I had <laughs> the Scott Hall, one of the founders of the NWO, and 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 one of the most popular acts in the WWE mm. as part of Ray, as Razor Ramon as part of Razor and Diesel you know he was undeniably a legend the matches he had uh, his incredible finishing move I can't remember the name of it right now Mike before you skewer me with that one but I can tell you it was a crucifix bomb the one the where razor, you lift them the up the razor's edge oh, yeah, the even razor's I knew edge. it was yeah, a yeah, razor's yeah. edge look I'm not very good at remembering finishing names yeah you're obviously not very good at remembering the main event of the first ever Wrestlemania either with my mid carder being in it <laughs> I mean, I I didn't watch WWE back then, Mike. I'm I'm right. a young man. I see. Um, and, and my parents didn't let me watch it. That's true. Um, you, you use history when it benefits you, but you ignore most of it. Look, yeah, your, Mike, your argument three show. times now has been he's before? been one of the most hated heels. The crowd hated him. The crowd wanted to kill him. Rowdy Roddy Piper was one of the most hated villains in the Territory days. And, and sorry, I know you're a young fan. Territory days before it was all one big company. You know, he would go territory to territory. You... You, you want stabbing, you want shots fired in the in the crowd, you want every type of murder, poison, people come to hotel rooms, Rowdy Roddy Piper had it all. He was the ultimate villain before villains became cool. I mean, you say that, but I think Scott Hall, as Razor Ramon, was uh, the first cool villain. And I think he, he defined the idea of being a heel and then getting so loved by being good at your job that you just become a babyface by default. When he left to go to WCW, the WWE tried to rip off his character. That's how popular he was, that they made that fake Razor and fake Diesel. So and will you be using Diesel as one of your later picks, going by that logic? 
Uh, no, I won't mean I didn't think Kevin, so. No, because he's absolute rubbish, right? Yeah. Clearly, Scott Hall was the stronger of those two. Kevin Nash is not good at wrestling. He's just big. Whereas Scott Hall was the one who carried that team uh, and, and was one of the greatest parts of the NWO as well. Which, as you said earlier, when we were talking about Hulk Hogan, defined the idea, again, of being a cool heel or having an attitude. Yeah, he, he was part of that. But, you know, what happens in the ring aside, Piper's Pit was one you know it was the first real wrestling talk show which these days has so many offsprings they all look back at piper um you you said earlier about jake the snake being an influence not many people would have had more influence on wrestlers growing up that we know today and that you love you being a young fan as rowdy roddy piper the way to talk the way to act in the ring the way to generate heat you know he he really was a teacher whenever he came out he would show so many different things and he could be hated and loved at the same time or he could switch between the two he had the crowd totally in his own hands whereas scott hall did his character really ever modify past that not yeah he when he was scott hall in in wcw he's completely different to razor ramon he did all that stuff you said and he wasn't even talking in an accent that was his own he's doing a fake accent and people still bought it what, it was say a you cool do everything character. I said. When, when, when did he ever host a talk show? When did he the ever Raiders. switch between heel and face on the same night at whim? You know, the crowd would boom when he says something, and then cheer when he says something, and then boom when he says something. Scott Hall was just, you know, as as you started off with your poor argument, a mid card wrestler. Uh, well, I don't think he was. He's one of the. Admittedly, he wasn't the highest drawing WWF champion of all time. But how many he was never WWF champion. Oh, I thought he was. I know. Mm. No, I'm glad you know your own pick so well. Listen, I, it's not about stats. Oh. <laughs> okay, maybe it is a little bit. But look, fuck off. If, if you say One another minute. thing that it's not about, we'll have it up to five. <laughs> what, what is this about? According to you, it seems to be about people who were on drugs and have come back. You're, you're, you seem to be forgetting the overall point of this. We've got ten picks to make the best roster that we can get. Yeah. Rowdy Roddy Piper, you know... You, you think of brilliant matches, you look at WrestleMania 8 against Bret Hart, you know, still talked about these days. Main event of WrestleMania was part of the WrestleMania tournament, was part of the WrestleMania 3 Battle Royal. So many top moments there. He went undefeated from his time, joining WWF in 85. He went undefeated to WrestleMania 8. Vince must have realised, I mean, Vince isn't stupid. We might think he is sometimes these days, but those days, Vince isn't stupid. To make an undefeated wrestler? Wow. I mean, again, you know wrestling is predetermined. It, it, your win-loss record doesn't indicate your skill in the ring. As, or as your Scott Hall's pro- promos that were clearly written for him. I, I think he was better on the match. Ding, ding, ding! Before. It's over. And boy, this is over. I mean, from the very off calling Roddy Piper a mid-card and being swatted down with the first ever WrestleMania main event... Not not even knowing that Razor Ramon was never a WWF champion, uh, and just Roddy Piper, you know the the arguments that Mike made for his guy were far stronger. So uh, with regret, I think this could have been closer. But with regret, I have to give Mike the point again. Mike, you're leading five points to one heading into the seventh round. Sam, you need to win out plus the eleventh uh, pick if it does go into overtime, in order to win. I mean, I'm not going to lie, Brod. I don't think there's much chance of me doing that, because I know what I've picked next. (laughs) (laughs) There's confidence for you. 
Uh, I'm trying to think of some. I don't know. Um, Road Warrior Animal. Uh, I don't know. Uh, anyway, anyway. So. Did, can I just check? Sorry, did you already have Bradshaw? No, I did not have Bradshaw. Oh, okay, I thought you said you had JBL. No, so, no, I jokingly said JBL got me to wrestling when it's Eddie Guerrero. Hence, Eddie Guerrero is my first pick. Oh, I see. Uh, But Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho, Sting, Randy Savage, CM Punk, and Kenny Omega are my guys uh, at the moment. So, anyway, Sam, you get to pick in the uh, seventh round. So, pick first, please. Uh, cool. Uh, I'm going to have uh, the man whose finishing move is named after the area code that he lives in and not what I said on a very early episode of Holy Shoot. He is a tiny Mexican man who we all love to cheer and he's good at doing flips. It's Rey Mysterio, 619. Really? You're negative about Rey Mysterio? Okay, cool. Whatever. Um... I wasn't I wasn't negative. I just I made I, I, I made a quote about how I thought what what I thought the name of his finishing move was after and it wasn't that it's just the area right. code he lives in okay mike well i don't know the area code of where my guys live but i am picking one of the greatest tag teams of all time edge and christian oh ray mysterio edge and christian and you know what guys i'm doubling down on bradshaw i get jbl <laughs> 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 no one's gonna pick him anyway but I'm picking the greatest WWE champion in SmackDown history, JBL. Take that, Kofi Kingston. Brock Lesnar. Boo. Anyway, you have five minutes to fight, starting from now. So my argument is in two points. You've got the you've got the best tag team in terms of working together, in terms of innovation, the matches they had, TLC, the ladder matches with the Hardy Boys, they did you know they did things first that no, no one else had seen before and then when they brought Lita into the fold it was really a beautiful thing to see um then they split up went into singles and I'll I'll save that for when Sam wants to say some irrelevant comment that turns out not to be true they never main invented a baby or something I'm not saying anything like that because I'm not a fool Mike unlike you oh. however you forget I, I can see you, you. You've said a very foolish thing already, which is that they were innovators in the ring. They yeah. had, in the TLC3, the three tag team is what you got. The, the Dudley boys, they had tables, true innovators of the use of hardcore weaponry and how to make a crowd a crowd hate you. You've got the Hardy boys, the flippy, the, the people who defined an era of flippy wrestling. The flippiest boys with their ladders, extremely good. And then you had Edging Christian, they had chairs. There's nothing exciting about chairs. Their finishing move was the concerto. That's creative. We both hit them with the chair at the same time, but from opposite sides. So then it's not really clear which direction they should fall over or how they should sell the move. I really wish you were in charge of wrestling because you obviously know better than everyone who books these matches because TLC won. I believe Edge and Christian won. And TLC, I believe Edge and Christian won. They must have had something other than hitting them with chairs at the same time. They were good at talking on the mic. That was it. Uh, and that and was even it. then, yeah, I think so. I mean, when you're in the ring with legends like the Hardy Boys and the Dudley Boys, it's hard not to look good unless you just sit on the floor. And I'm not going to argue that they didn't do anything in that match or whatever. That match was undeniably legendary. But I think you, what you're kind of missing out on is my pick, Rey Mysterio. What he did not only for the WWF and for ECW, but also for Lucha Libre as a concept in general, you know. He was involved in that first wave of Cruiserweights getting onto ITV. And you can't 
can't deny the lucha influence on the modern style of wrestling. Like, it's everywhere. Everyone wants to do flips and topes and, and things like that, you know. That's, that's all Ray, man. He was what made it big. Hi, guys. We just had technical difficulties at this part, so we're just going to continue on. They have about two minutes left. Guys, restart fighting. Okay, and so, as soon as my guys split up, their singles career go off in two different directions. Edge becomes one of the greatest heels we'll ever see, the ultimate opportunist, you know, multiple-time WWF, WWE champion, goes on to have stipulation matches of his own, feuds with Cena, Taker, some of the best matches. Meanwhile, Christian has a slower start, but eventually comes into his own with his own catchphrases, his own matches, and wins the world title of his own. What does Rey Mysterio do after his, you know, world title reign that was clearly just a, a, a publicised gift for Eddie? He didn't really get any sort of push. He never really did any, anything really big. Um, well, he's still uh, being booked today. He's one of the most recognisable wrestlers from the Attitude Era and, and beyond. Again, I, I, I'll go back to talking about my flatmate, right? He was only vaguely aware of the wrestling industry, as everyone was in the late 90s. And the two wrestlers, or three wrestlers, that he can remember are The Rock, Chris Jericho, and Rey Mysterio. Everyone remembers him. Everyone gets behind an underdog. Well, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not here to argue against your flatmate's bad memory, but when earlier I said Hulk Hogan, you immediately threw in the racism and the homophobic stuff, you know, I, I, I don't want to go to this level, but Rey Mysterio is possibly one of the main lucha guys ever... And in the mid-90s, for a little bit of money, he took off his mask. At that point, I lost all respect for him. Like He, he went against everything that Lucha stands for. He took off his mask, and then he put it back on and pretended it never happened. That is the ultimate for a Lucha guy. Most of them go their whole life, and you never see their face. We all know what he looks like. We, he lost his mistake before he came to WWE, and you know, from that point on, I never really rated him. Mike, people take off their masks in Lucha all the time. Wrestling, again, I'd like to re restate, as you seem to have trouble remembering, is predetermined, and things get hyped up to make them seem more important than they are, like they do on any television show. And so, obviously, the time, idea Time, of... time, ding, 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 the round is over. Uh, okay, so this one's a bit difficult to judge, mainly because of the technical fault we had. Um, but prior to the fall, I think Sam made an excellent point of how influential Rey Mysterio was to uh, the wrestling industry as a whole, probably more than Edge and Christian, which is something that wasn't really defined. Uh, and I think that was a separating difference uh, between the two, in my opinion, uh, in the two arguments. So I am actually going to give you another point, Sam. Congratulations. You're only three, be You're only three behind Mike. Can you catch up? No. Can you catch up? Have a little bit of belief in yourself, son. <laughs> wow, I've never, I've never seen such lack of self. I mean, this is a wrestling show in a way. You've got to hype yourself up, man. Jeez. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yes, obviously, I've made an excellent pick here. That's more like it. Anyway, Mike, you get to kick off the eighth round. Okay, so instead of what I did last time and bring a tag team in, I'm just going to go with a singles wrestler. But it might as well not only be a tag team, it might as well be a whole stable, because my next pick is Mick Foley. Ooh, Mick Foley. A guy I've actually met. Really cool guy. Anyway, I like just bragging about that. Uh, Sam? Uh, so I am going to go with a man who sadly uh, 
was taken from us quite early, I think, but uh, had undeniably made an excellent mark on the industry, uh, particularly in ECW. I'm having Brian fucking Pillman. Oh, shit. Brian Pillman, Mick Foley. Who am I going to go for? Who am I going to go for? I'm going to talk about a person that lay, that left a mark in the industry that I, I feel that no one's going to pick. And that's Becky Lynch. I like Becky Lynch. She can uh, she can have she can be my eighth pick. So you know, because I don't think anyone will select her, which is sad. Yeah. Because she is great. I, I, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't find any women that th- fit the theme, so I've actually got none in my list at all. China? No, nah, mate. She she died as a result of, of oh, drug shit. abuse. Oh shit. Same with yeah. Miss Elizabeth. Can't I forgot. Her. Same Th- with Lucian. See, you, th- you see, I actually think of the wrestling. That's the difference between you and me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, China is awesome. No, the there's issues. loads of people I'd have liked to have had, but I yeah. couldn't have them because they died in tragic ways, you know. And I, I'm not, yeah. I'm not sick. I'm just making light of people who got better, which is fine. Anyway, speaking of things that <laughs> can only get better, this fight, fight, mind games, Sam. Mind Games, a relatively small, minor WWF pay-per-view. Didn't have that many buys and, you know, didn't have that much story leading into it or coming out of it. And yet, Mick Foley versus Shawn Michaels both have said that is their favourite ever match. Have you seen it? No, because I don't watch B pay-per-views. You don't watch Especially not old ones. Okay, that was just a sign of what Mick Foley, or Mankind as he was in that match, can do. He can go into any situation with any wrestler and make you say, wow, make you say, oh my god, how is he still alive? He took Shawn Michaels to the next level in that and really made him from what at that time was quite a failure as a champion to Shawn Michaels that we know these days. One small pay-per-view. So many moments Mick Foley has just taken something small and made it into something huge. He took a sock and made it into something huge. He took a random match in Germany and made it into half an ear loss huge. He took a, uh, you know, an opportunity to write the first chapter of his book and made it into something huge. That's what Mick Foley does. He takes small and makes it large. I mean, I think you could argue that anyone could create oh-my-God moments if they don't care about getting injured. Like, yeah, Mick Foley's gimmick was, oh, yeah, he gets back up. But, like, you can't deny that he did that because he was horrifically injured and, and well, damaged. I'm, I'm, you I'm know? glad you said that because he came into WWF in 2006 and between the ta- then and the main retirement at WrestleMania 16, can you remember him being out injured? I mean, in 2000, yeah, that's... After he did all the stuff that made him big, and I don't really remember. That, I don't a, think he wrestled a, much then, did he? That was when he was the commissioner of Raw and things no, like I, that. No, I'm talking from his debut to his final match with Triple H and The Rock and the Big Show at WrestleMania 16, where he was a full-time competitor. How much time do you remember him being out injured? I mean, when... anyone can work around injuries, Mike. Uh, right. Have you so... seen him now? Have you seen how he moves now? How he gets around. He can't even bend over properly, man. He can't walk around properly. He's absolutely bad. Yes, because he gave absolutely everything to wrestling. He gave his mind, body and soul. He put himself into every promo. He put himself into every character. Remember, Mick Foley comes with three characters. We've got Cactus, Dude, Mankind. Each one with their own individual traits and techniques. You, you, 
Well, I, I feel like, yeah, I'm not going to argue that Mick Foley wasn't good at his job, right? Because that's the thing with all of these wrestlers is they're all pretty good. But Brian Pillman had the potential to become, like, stratospheric legend. He was doing the Stone Cold, like, attitude thing before Stone Cold was. He, in fact, you could argue in his tag team with Steve Austin as the Hollywood Blondes, he elevated Steve and put him in front of people so that he could then go on to become... Um, what he what he is now the the uh, the Stone Cold. Not only that, but Brian Pillman on his own cut some of the most fire promos of all time. That one where he debuted in ECW, he's marching around the ring screaming, "Eric Bischoff is every single one of you smart mark motherfuckers rolled up into one giant piece of shit." That's a fucking promo, mate. And the whole crowd, where it, there's a great kind of. They, they're cheering for him because they like the fact that he's yelling about Eric Bischoff because they're ECW, they don't like him. And then the crowd realises that he's actually insulting them I, and you, telling you, them that they're pieces of shit. You said two things there. You, you, you said potential. I'm glad you said that. He did have a massive amount of potential and he was taken from us far too soon. But Mick Foley and his three characters did get to reach their potential and that's really great. And you also said, you know, promos and how intense they are. Foley is known for his intense promos and the fact that he puts all of his feeling into them. And, you know, if, if we really look at things that change the industry, we could look at the fall off the hell in the cell, we could look at some of his hardcore matches. But I think the main thing that changed the industry, and, you know, we're still seeing it to this day, WCW were beating WWF 83 weeks, I believe they won, until Tony Schiavone says, no point changing the channel tonight. Mankind gets to win the world title. And at that point, 1.5 million people switch over. That's how popular he was. If he'd said Pillman was winning the title, would as many people have switched? Would they have won the weight in rows? I think I Mankind would argue would, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian no, Pillman made... He'd already passed away, so I don't think it, they would. But Well, yeah, if you, if you have an extra 30 years in the industry, then obviously you're going to get further. That's not really a fair comparison. But Brian Pillman put ECW on the map. They were kind of like they're just another big indie before him, uh, and uh, before his like run there, he elevated them as a company, and it's undeniable the influence that ECW had on the rest of the industry. Not not only uh, kind of in WCW. Stop! 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 Ah, boy. Um, this one's tough. This one was well fought. Um. You know, there was the disadvantage to this argument was obviously that Brian was taken far too early from us. Um, great, great wrestler uh, ahead of his time. Mick Foley, great character worker, one of the best uh, in terms of entertainment you're ever going to get in the industry. So it's very, very tough. Both terrific answers, um, both very good arguments. Boy, there is no denying though that Mick Foley had a bigger impact on the industry, and I think Mike made that very clear. And I think the 83 week point, the 83 weeks point, just edges it. I mean, it's it's a hypothetical how you could argue whether Brian Pillman would have the same effect. Could any superstar have the same effect? And I think that is that that that's a hypothetical, and it, you know, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. So unfortunately for you, Sam. Mike takes a point, and Mike gets a victory here today. I mean, anyone can get Yay. famous by falling off a big thing. I wish you would prove that, Sam. Uh, 
<laughs> Sam Foley confirmed. Anyway, we still got two more rounds, so let's have a blast with this one. Uh, Sam, let's okay, uh, let, yeah. let, let's try and make this score tight, shall we? What's your ninth pick? All right, I am having uh, the legend, Mr. Monday Night. He loves to work Mondays. The whole fucking show, Rob Van Dam. Do I have to say why? I guess I've got the time to. He's a legend. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, we'll okay. just fight. We'll do that Save in the him. argument bit. Yeah, just do it in the argument. It's all right. Uh, what about you, Mike? Well, you've picked a hell of a time to pick Rob Van Dam as yours. I'm not doing this deliberately because you picked him, but I think as dream matches go, and there's been a lot of talk of that in the last few years, my pick, AJ Styles. Ooh. Boy, that would be that would be a match, wouldn't it? That would. Uh, my pick would be my dream match with Rob Van Dam. It's going to be some weed on a pole match. RVD versus Matt Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good match. Maybe uh, as you can tell, round. guys, I have nothing at stake here. Uh, I, I've kind of given up on like great wrestlers here and there. Have you seen, so, the, have you seen you the Taipei Deathmatch from uh, CZW? The drunk Taipei Deathmatch. Dean or uh, John Moxley versus some gimp. Where every time there's stoppage, I can't remember. He's called Neil Diamond Cutter. He's just some indie guy. But they have to keep doing shots in the match. So you could incorporate that into Riddle versus RVD. Like, we'll have our old school British style rounds. And then in between each round, you have to hit a massive bong. And then, and then the winner is the... We'll just do a normal wrestling match after that. Oh, my It'd God. Work. Book it, Vince. Uh, that, that's still more entertaining than Hell in a Cell pay-per-view that just happened. <laughs> um... They can hotbox the cell. <laughs> oh, shit. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, fight, gentlemen, fight. Yeah, I think a lot of our arguments here are going to be exactly the same because you've got two of the most amazing in-ring performers of all time. Yeah, but undeniably. Just, just, I, th- I think if we both just take a minute to go over our guys, I mean, mine started on the indies. I first ever saw him in the Battle of Los Angeles in PWG, went to TNA and became really the face of the X-Division helped create that, had an amazing career there, went to New Japan, became leader of the Bullet Club, that, that's pretty huge, main event at Tokyo Dome, Wrestle Kingdom, and then finally has come to have an amazing career in WWF. Um, e. you know, well, yes, WWE. Um, US Current US champion, multiple well, WWF champion, world champion, sorry. God, feeling old today. Um, what do you say about your guy? I mean, all of the same things you just said. He uh, came up your through guy the was, indies. Well, your guy was never main event in the Tokyo Dome. Oh, all right, yeah. He didn't work in Japan as much, that's fair. But he did come up through the indies. He put ECW on the map. He was the hottest free agent in professional wrestling during the mid-90s. A huge draw on all of the shows he was on, WWF. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he did wrestle on WCW, but I think that was later. But he was also a many-time decorated champion. He made the ECW Television Championship into a belt that mattered. You know, his his run with it. And then his work when he was saying, you know, I'm Mr. Monday Night. I um, uh, The promos he cut, talking about Uncle Eric coming and come and pick me up from this shithole. He made the ECW fans hate him, even though they loved to see him wrestle. Even though he had one of the flashiest movesets in the world, he proved that on the mic... 
you can make people hate hate you even if in the ring they love seeing you you do what you do yeah. plus you're talking about AJ Styles you can't act like AJ Styles would have the style he has if Rob Van Dam didn't exist like you said they're the same wrestler but RVD did it like 10 years before AJ did yep totally agree with 90% of what you said the, the last bit I'm not too sure I think AJ took what RVD was and improved it tenfold but I think the big difference is my guy when he got his final big chance to win what is the biggest um, wrestling title he took it he took the ball and he ran with it your guy he got the final chance he'd been going his whole career and then he decided to get caught smoking pot in his car or whatever and stripped of the title and you know, he, he got the big opportunity and he threw it away. Yeah, it means he's chill as hell. It's not his fault that he's working for a company of uptight dickheads. It's just a little bit of weed. I don't think it was Vince pulled him over. I think it was the cops. Come on. It I mean, yeah, he well, was Well, it wasn't 2019 to start with. No, no, but we are in 2019. But, it, yeah, it, it wasn't the cops necessarily because loads of people got arrested for loads of stuff in the WWE. Brock Lesnar's on so many steroids and yet he still works for the company. It's just selective. It just sucks that he got thrown under the bus, you know. But that's not that. I don't think that's his fault. And also he fits with the theme of the show, you know, undeniably exciting. No, that's your theme of the show. Yeah, which is what I, why I'm arguing he's a good pick. Because not only is he a chill dude, and he probably has good weed, but also he's one of the best wrestlers of all time. I think, I think both everything, in and out of the ring. everything Rob Van Dam does, AJ does a little bit better. So Rob Van Dam does the five star frogs flash, AJ does the springboard 360, Rob Van Dam does the rolling thunder, AJ does the phenomenal forearm. I think everything's just a bit more spectacular, a bit more fluid, and a bit he's a bit more longevity. He's gone longer, he's gone bigger, he's gone higher, he's, he's just more recognisable. Your I, guy was an amazing wrestler in a niche market, he was a massive fish in a small pond, but when he reached the big pond, he never really hit the heights. AJ came in and has hit those heights. What are you talking about? All he had to do was point his thumbs to his head and everyone would shout Rob Van Dam. It, he was a, he was at, at least as big as AJ is now, if not, if not bigger. I think that's um, a ridiculous comment. That's a what, sorry? A ridiculous comment to say he's as big now as AJ was. AJ has defended successfully defended the world title at WrestleMania. That's that's my theme here. I think WrestleMania is the showcase of the immortals to con some someone's statement. Another thing we have to consider is this is 2019, we're drafting for a present day wrestling show. Would you really want someone as homophobic as AJ Styles on your roster? Rob Van Dam is a well-documented ally of LGBT people. He turns up to marches, he goes to Pride. Whereas if you ask AJ about what he thinks about being popular in the gay community, he flips the fuck out at you. He's, he's like a massively, um, what's the right word? Uh kind of backward guy you know he doesn't fit with a modern don't know why you stop, keep going to stop, these stop, stop 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 well that took an interesting turn and uh, <laughs> it's a shame that uh, the five minutes uh, came up because I, I would love to have heard how this descended into madness <laughs> um, bloody hell this is tough so here's a fun little thing the all three superstars were first for me Rob Van Dam was the first ever match I ever saw on television and it was against of all people, Charlie Haas. AJ Styles uh, was the first ever person I saw on TNA that wasn't an ex-WWE guy. And Matt Riddle was the first ex-UFC fighter that I've ever met with uh, pizza sauce. 
all over my face, and I was very drunk. But it was on my birthday, so how cool is that? Um, but um, so all three, you know, a bit, a bit of a um, bit of a connection to me, a bit of a connection to me, and therefore Matt Riddle. No, he's not winning. Um, <laughs> you can't win. You're the judge. I. I I'm also this isn't a, I'm, wrestling. Though. I'm also a heel. Um, I don't. Oh, for as many accolades that you mentioned, Mike, I think the point of you know AJ Styles adopting Rob Van Dam's style is very uh, key here. Like the Monday, the promos of ECW and how influential he was to ECW. Um, you know, you in an era where superstars did get away with stuff, you know, he was harshly punished at the same time, I think. So, you know, Rob Van Dam wins the point. Rob Van Dam beats yeah. AJ Styles. And I'm a huge AJ Styles fan. Um, <laughs> you know, um, big AJ Styles fan. But, yeah, Rob Van Dam wins the point. So, 6-3, uh, heading into the final round. Mike, you get to go first. Uh, I've got three people left on my list, and I really want to go with all of them. <sighs> so the the of, of my list, the obvious one to go for is Triple H. The kind of ooh, I didn't expect that is the Great Muta, and the kind of oh my god, he's taking the piss out of Sam is Nicholas. But <laughs> you know what? Please say Nicholas. Please say Nicholas. <laughs> you know Take Nicholas. Pick Nicholas. You'll probably still win. <laughs> I'm being serious. <laughs> you know what? Nicholas. Yes! <laughs> yeah! Under right. the undefeated Nicholas. <laughs> Holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit! Oh, uh, okay, right, Sam. Please uh, so, call. Please call uh, me yours is ridiculous. Mine is as ridiculous, but in 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 a different way, I hope. So, in keeping with the theme of the Drunken on Drugs Happy Fun Time Wrestling Show, we can't have a locker room full of people who like to be drunken on drugs without someone to supply the drugs. And so, for that reason, my tenth pick is ECW Hardcore Legend New Jack, <laughs> well-documented drug dealer. You can watch the shoot interviews, and he says nobody else was allowed to sell drugs in the locker room because I made sure they fucking didn't. Oh boy. Um where the <laughs> what <laughs> Uh in that case in that case I'm bringing back the Funkasaurus Brothers Clay <laughs> <laughs> So we can't pick him, such a shame. Uh I was originally gonna go for King Corbin in honour of uh, the uh unwinnable Chen. Uh but uh no, I couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. So New Jack versus Nicholas, um, the dream match. I really want to play this on 2K19 now. Uh, I might download <laughs> DLC. No, you definitely later. don't. New Jack has a very bad track record being in the ring with children. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so, I mean, we have to fight, so fight. But I don't to give make a, fuck. a serious argument, while New Jack does have a, a justifiably quite bad rap. Because he did stab that kid that time. Uh, I watched a shoot interview, right, where someone said, you stabbed him nine times. And he was like, I didn't fucking stab him nine times. It was 12. It's like, damn, dude, really? (laughs) You doubling down on that man? (laughs) So, 
yeah, fair. He did stab that guy. He probably shouldn't be part of any real wrestling company that's not based on <laughs> substance abuse. No, but you I... cannot dis- deny that he was an innovator of making rural white people extremely mad in southern USA and also kind of actually trash wrestling. Like, he was incredibly creative in the ring with his staple gun. He pioneered the use of the staple gun and the cheese grater. He was doing the um, guitar shop before Jeff Jarrett was. Like, yeah, all right, he wasn't the best wrestler in the world, but he didn't have to be. People wanted blood, and he gave them blood. Sam, I've gone through my encyclopedia of knowledge, and I've failed to find a Nicholas versus New Jack match to quote here. So... (laughs) (laughs) Firstly, I'm going to say that at, at, at his age, I think Nicholas is prime for somebody like New Jack to, to you know, convert into a drug user, um, which does fit in with your modus operandi. Yeah. Um, Nicholas is undefeated. Nicholas has had a WrestleMania match. Nicholas has had more eyes on, eyes on him at any one point than New Jack has had. You know, he entered the ring with Braun Strowman with very little notice. I mean, he was plucked out of the ring, so I think we've got to give him credit for adapting to the situation. He came into the ring. At no point was he knocked onto his back. So he is not only undefeated, but he has not been knocked off of his feet. He tags back out. And then, look, wrestling, you've said it multiple times tonight. It's predetermined. It's acting. Look at him shaking. How did he manage to shake so well? It's almost as if he restricted the blood flow to his brain so that his hands would start to tremor just so we'd get an idea of the fear of that. And then not only that, he wins the tag team titles and has the, you know, at, at the age of 10, has the the grown-up attitude to think, you know what, maybe, just maybe, I can't defend these on a weekly basis. So went on live TV and vacated the titles. That's maturity that your adult New Jack doesn't have. Have you have you heard a Nicholas promo, Mike? They're terrible. It's like a child's doing it. Whereas New Jack <laughs> is the most eloquent. Mate, have, you <laughs> seen, have you seen the promo he does where he, he's like yelling about being a young black man out on the street in Are you talking in about Nicholas Ohio or New Jack? Somewhere? No, I'm talking about New Jack. All right, and then sorry. at the end of the promo, he's out in the ring surrounded by all yeah. these old no. racist white people. To he be goes, honest, no, I haven't heard that promo. Shout out to my brother promo. OJ. Shout <laughs> out to my brother OJ. Two less to go. That's like, boom, nuclear heat, man. I haven't heard that that promo, but I just think, you know, we're we're picking our 10 wrestlers. What has New Jack got to give compared to Nicholas? Nicholas has a longer career ahead of him. I think New Jack has passed his prime. He's too injured. He's still brain damaged off falling off the scaffold with Vic Grimes. I think Nicholas... Sorry? He, twice. he fell off the scaffold with Vic Grimes twice. No, he threw yeah. Vic Grimes the second time. He's oh, no, you're right. Twice. He did. He did. He tried to kill yeah. him. Where, where yeah. Whereas, whereas <laughs> Nicholas has no scaffold falls behind him. Hasn't taken any real bumps. He ha- he's in the prime of his life. You know, he's doing well in his GCSEs, I hear. I really think that, you know... Americans we, we... have GCSEs. I was going to say, Mike, <laughs> Americans don't have GCSEs, one. Two, this is a fantasy draft. We're not picking them now because we're, we're... some of my guys are dead. And that would be sick. To you have said earlier match. potential. I think we're... Nicholas has more potential than New Jack. I think Nicholas has less likelihood to end up in prison for murdering somebody in the ring than New Jack. And I also think that the way that Nicholas took that tag was, you know, it, it, it was perfect coordination, something that New Jack doesn't have. And and finally, at least Nicholas manages to start the match without his music playing. I mean, has New Jack not learned the stop button on his on his CD player? Mate, that's what made his match. Is so good. That's what made his matches I mean, so that, um, irritating. 
Natural Born Killers. That's a banging tune. It man. is a banging tune until the match starts, and we want to hear Joey Styles commentate. You, you know, can you imagine Joey Styles Joey saying, say? he's going to say, oh my God, Nicholas has tagged back in for a second time. Look, I think I think the stats are on my side. I think age is on my side. I think criminal records on my side. I think wrestling talent is on my side. I think everything is on my side here. Nicholas is a better wrestler than New Jack already, and he has a good 50, 60 year career ahead of him. Disagree. New Jack once overdosed on cocaine before a match, blew up, and still finished the match with Bam Bam Bigelow. That's legendary. Nicholas isn't going to put any bums on seats by jumping off anything high. New Jack routinely did that. Perfectly happy to give everything for the business. And he'll keep the entire locker room nice and and hyper and and happy and fun. Uh, And that's what the Drunken on Drugs Happy Fun Time Wrestling Show is I think Nicholas brought a nice childish attitude to the locker room. Something that was desperately needed. You know, New Jack might get them all stoned, but at least Nicholas, you know, he's he's nice, he's happy, he's got his Game Boy, he's got his Pokemon. He just brings bring brings happiness to that backstage area. New Jack just brings a tense atmosphere. All New right. Jack is unpredictable. I'm Nicholas, st- at least you know what he's going to do. I'm going to stop this right here. I can't believe we actually had a serious argument, somewhat about. Like uh, I think my favorite point is like, yeah, he doesn't have a criminal record, so you know I win. And uh, New Jack, you know, <laughs> scaffolded. Oh my god, I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, uh, well, we 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 referenced everything from stabbing children to, <laughs> to O.J. Simpson <laughs> to oh my days. I I don't even know where to start. I'm just because um. I'll probably never meet New Jack, so I'm no chance of me getting stabbed. I don't think. So oh come on! I, I, I'm gonna vote Nicholas, uh, yeah. just because the only real serious wrestling point there was uh, Nicholas has potential, which is true. He's only a kid. Well, um, I made loads of wrestling points. Has New Jack innovated hardcore wrestling? Trash wrestling. <laughs> he was the yeah. first guy to bring like a cart down. Sam, 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 Sam. Emphasis on trash. That's, it, it defined an era. He was not the first guy that. to bring a cart of weapons down. The Grey Mooter did it in 89. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, look. See, he's even, even continuing to beat you up. Wow. <laughs> uh, so, Mike, congratulations. You won seven points to three in our first ever special episode. And that means you're on a record of three and two. Uh, Sam, I, you... I disagree. This this doesn't count towards the no, record. No, no, this I, counts. You said it yourself. This is a special episode. As this... I said before Sam, the podcast went Sam, on here, Sam, this, is the, this Sam, is the equivalent of If the you continue to argue, you will not get a championship shot down the line. There's no championships. What? Sam, oh, there will Sam, be. There will Sam, be soon. Sam, you don't think this point should count? No. It doesn't matter what you think. You need it... to be quicker on that. Yeah. You yeah, yeah that doesn't work yeah, on the Skype. I... Uh, actually, I overturn it. I overturn it all the points after that shit play, Mike. Uh, Sam, yes! you've won ten nothing. Congratulations! Count. It definitely counts towards the record. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You fucking bullshit. Sam, I've been Mantra. stating for weeks that I can beat you, and yes, this might be a bonus episode. But if you want to try me on a real episode, just come on. Your arguments Mate, are weak. Uh, They're well, unthought out Mike, of. You Mike, don't even know a, William Regal. This Finish is a real move. episode, so you do have the win. You're three and two, Sam. Right. Sam, you're you're three and one. Accept it. Except Sam, how does it feel to be beaten, victimised and conquered by Iron Mike Lesnar? Uh, I I don't feel any of those things because this is a... You're victimised! 
because <laughs> because this is a roster I threw together in about five minutes uh, based on a stupid joke idea that I had when I was talking to Jason on WhatsApp. So I can't take complete credit. Jason also set me up partially with this, and then I was like, yeah, I'm definitely doing this now. So yeah, it was hard. It was hard when I picked like a, a made-up tag team in the Heart Foundation, but not any of the iterations of the Heart Foundation. You should have picked, picked Shawn all of them. fucking Michaels, or I I had. Jake the Snake Robertson, you picked The Undertaker. Sam, I... it's a fantasy draft, like, and I get why he wanted to do, like, something fun, but, come on, Mike was going to bring his A-game. Mike, Mike wanted to beat you, you should have wanted to beat him, and unfortunately, so, uh, you went 5-1 I... down, son. You went 5-1 think... down, it was embarrassing. So what I will say is, I think the blame for this actually squarely rests on Chris's head, because, once again, he's failed to turn up, Chris was down. This was originally going to be a triple threat, ladies and gentlemen, which is why I did the stupid joke, because I thought, this isn't the big match I got with Mike. This is just going to be a, stu- a stupid kind of jokey one. I'll let them, him and Chris have a bit of an argument. Wait, 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 wait. I, on the, I, on the other hand, realised that at any point that I'm in the ring with Sam, that I need to bring my A game, because having dissed him for the last four weeks, and every time I'm on this pod, I really do need to beat him, whether it's in a singles match, a triple threat, a tag team, and, you know... Go- Guys, guys, I th- I think we need to settle this, okay? I think we need to settle this before we close out the show. I'm gonna book a match of such epic proportions. We're gonna have you two team up. <laughs> what? This <laughs> is Teddy Long here. <laughs> Against the team of Chris and Chan. Holla holla. Chris and Chen. Wow, yeah, Chris is gonna, gonna make his debut in a tag right? team match because. I really want to put him over strong, such a good shit pal. And Chen needs a win, such a good shit pal. So, we're going to put you two in a tag team match against them. And this will count on your record as well. This will count so on your you, record as well. So, you're saying so you need to work Chen together. needs a win, so you're putting him against us. Yeah. I believe, I, be, I, I believe in Chen and Chris. I believe We're in the Chen most dominant team in Holy Shoot Wrestling Challenge history. I am the most dominant participant, even though I did lose today. My is it, is this like a Daniel Bryan Kane, I am the tag team champions thing? That's that what's up? You know when Daniel Bryan and Kane teamed up, it'd be, I am the tag team oh, champions. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, right. That, that's what I'm going to do, because if we win, everyone knows it will be because of me. All right. Anyway, Mike, I want to get your closing thoughts after all of this. Look, I'm glad that having said that I would for four weeks, I've come here and taught Sam a lesson. I know he's still coming out with excuses and reasons and little side clauses over there. But, you know, when people are listening back to this, they won't remember who won. They won't remember the fact that I was 5-1 ahead. What they will remember is I jokingly said Nicholas and won the point. This is beating you in epic proportions. This is like... It's as if we agreed three chair shots to the head and I hit you with 11. You know? I, I, I disagree, Mike. I think what people will remember is their ent- how entertained they were at my roster and funny jokes that I did. I don't think and, they'll actually... work so hard to I put don't... together. <laughs> I don't think they'll see that hard work. I think they'll see almost like a random pick-out name and give an inane argument and make up historical facts and, you know... When, when it suits you, claim that it's predetermined, or when it suits oh, you, claim I've that got you're new, young. I've got a new nickname for Sam. 
instead of like bad news Barrett, it'd be like fake news Leighton. <laughs> How dare I'm, you? I'm afraid I've got some fake news yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, anyway. I think anyway, WrestleMania, been... WrestleMania one main event being a mid card is the is the memory I'll take away from this. Anyway, we're gonna have that match somewhere down the line. We're gonna also have the loser bowl between Dave and Chan because I really want to hear that match so so bad. And yeah. um, I, I am definitely gonna face Jason some point down the line. Unfortunately, I was ill a couple of weeks back, and then last week I was super busy with work commitments. So, hence why that match has not happened yet. But from all of us here at Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast, we want to say thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed today's show, then please do give us a subscribe. Also, uh, remember to follow us on all the social media channels. So, at Holy Shoot Pod on, t- uh, on Twitter. I think that's correct. I'm going to check that now. Um, keep this in. Keep this in. Keep this professional. Okay, I was going to say, I can take this out if you want. <laughs> no, that's it. Right. Yeah, it is at Holy Shoot Pod on Twitter. I use the account every day and I still get it wrong. Follow us on at Holy Shoot Pod on Twitter. Uh, like us on Facebook at Holy Shoot Wrestling. And also follow us at Holy Shoot Wrestling on the Instagram. And also remember, our dear listeners, let us in. Bye!